Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Baby Steps into the Prophetic. I am your host, Suzanne Burns. I am an author, speaker, coach, and founder of not only a maternity home in Tennessee, where we um, our ministry is geared towards rescuing mothers in crisis, but also I have started a, um, a nonprofit uh, coaching program for other nonprofits, uh, churches, individuals wanting to start a nonprofit to help understand how uh, trauma, poverty mindset, and addiction have affected the, the people that they seek to serve. And that's called Be Charity Wise. And you can find out more information about all of that, as well as my most recent book that you can see right up there, um, Journey to Bright Haven, is available in the comments below. Um, as well, I want to ask you to um, subscribe to my channel because it is really important for me to get this information out to as many people as possible. And if you would also like my video and for every video that you watch, if you would like that as well, um, I want you to actually like it. But if you would click the like button, what that does is that helps uh, YouTube send out the algorithms to um, to more and more people so that the Lord's word get reaches more and more people that much more quickly. Because I'm really a big believer that what the Lord has called me to do in this era is to help others understand. One of my primary gifts is teaching, uh, which I absolutely love to do. And so I want to be able to teach as many as possible, as well as possible, so that I can serve the Lord to the best of my abilities. So you can help me do that by simply clicking that like button, by simply subscribing to my channel, by sharing it when it's appropriate, by sharing it with, um, with people that you think would be uh, blessed by the content in any given video. All right. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for coming along with me on this journey and for helping me to um, to further the word of the Lord in this generation. So today, let's dive in. OK, I wanted to talk a little bit about who is the Holy Spirit, because I after I got home from doing my um, previous video, which talks about the Holy Spirit, the references to the Holy Spirit in both the Old Testament and in the Gospels. And I was planning for this video to be um, focusing on like acts onward, acts through the epistles, um, who the Holy Spirit is through through there. But I realized that um, that maybe we need to go back a little bit and actually talk first about who is the Holy Spirit. Is is he a he? Is he an it? Is this a thing? Is this a, a power that we as Christians have the right to wield? Or is this a person of the Godhead that we are supposed to be coming under authority? And we kind of talked a little bit about that in the previous video um, as it related to the, some of the specific scriptures that were coming out. But, um, but I was actually reading the, um, a wonderful book written many, many years ago by R.A. Torrey called the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And it occurred to me that maybe what I needed to do in this particular video is really focus on, is the Holy Spirit a he or is it an it? And, um, and so I hope that this is going to help you dispel some um, confusion, dispel some myths and some uncertainty. Let's dive in to the person and work of the Holy Spirit by R.A. Torrey. And if you're interested in reading this book, there is a link below 
um, to, to Amazon for you to order your own copy. It is an excellent one, um, one that I highly recommend. So before we can really talk about who is the Holy Spirit, we first have to come to an understanding of, of truly what that means. Is it a who? Is it a what? According to scripture, this is a, um, this is part of the Godhead, you know, and so we sing Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We sing about the, the, the three components of the Godhead, but at the same time, we don't always acknowledge the Holy Spirit as being a person. So what does it mean to be a person? All of the distinctive characteristics of personhood have been attributed to the Holy Spirit in Scripture. First of all, knowledge. Second of all, feelings or emotion. And then third of all, will, decision-making. So we're going to go through each of those um, separately and distinctly in just a moment. But first I want to talk about, I'm, I've kind of already answered the question, the Holy Spirit is a who, not a what. But I want to talk for a minute about what it would mean if he was actually a what. If the Holy Spirit was a thing that could be um, could be wielded, could be used, um, he becomes a tool, and we become the the wielder, right? We just like a, a sword or a bat, we become the possessor of this um, tool. That is the Holy Spirit. It can create arrogance and pride. Um, it, abuse just becomes very, very easy to do. Abuse against other people, non-believers and believers alike, but also abuse against God because now I'm using a piece of God to um, to exercise my will, my decisions. Right. Um, one of the phrases that um, that is here in, in this book, it says, if, a, if he is a person and we treat him as a thing, we are robbing this holy and divine being of the worship, faith, love, and surrender that he deserves. If he's a thing, then pride and arrogance and abuse of power in the user becomes much more common, much more expected the user then becomes more powerful as well. And so, so that's where that arrogance can come in too, where, um, you know, and, and you, you already do see this in a lot of, um, a lot of church goers who, um, who kind of use their, their um, gifts of the Holy Spirit as a weapon, um, as a place of arrogance, of, of pridefulness, that I am able to do all of these things or, I am more powerful than you are. I have greater giftings than you are. And none of that is biblical. None of that is godly. None, none of that attitude pleases the Lord. But there is also a story in scripture about this exact conversation. And so let's flip over to Acts chapter 8 and look at the conversation between Simon the sorcerer and Peter. So let's start here in Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 9. And I'm just going to read all the way through, and then we'll talk about it. 
Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. Doesn't that scare you to be called that? They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. And Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he soon followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish with you, because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry, because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. And then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. So in this passage, we, he, we see Simon becoming a believer in Jesus, being baptized um, under the ministry of Philip, along with many other believers there in Samaria. And then the apostles come, and they bring the gift of the Holy Spirit. They bring a, a fuller outpouring of his work, of his power, of his glory. The, um, the believers there in Samaria did not yet have the indwelling Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about what that means soon. So when, when Simon sees this happening, his instinctive response, remember where he came from. Remember, he had been a sorcerer who had been proclaimed by the people to be the great power of God. So when he sees the true power of God, he instantly wants that for himself, but for selfish reasons, not out of a a innocent and pure and clean spirit. No, he is still carrying the bitterness and the greed and the the rebellion and the sin in his heart from before he was baptized. So when he asks Peter, how much money is this going to cost me? Peter is instantly offended on behalf of the Holy Spirit. 
and he immediately sees through his spiritual eyes, he sees that Simon still has so much sin and bitterness and resentment built up in him that he cannot receive the Holy Spirit yet. And he certainly cannot receive it in, in that manner. Imagine, imagine if Philip had um, known about the Holy Spirit and been able to have blessed the people with that information prior to Peter and John coming. Imagine if Simon had already received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and he now had the powers to do the signs and wonders that Philip had been doing and that these apostles would do also. Imagine the arrogance that would have built up in Simon. He had before been so powerful in, in sorcery, in magic arts, that, um, that they had called him the great power of God. What would happen to his arrogance, to his, um, to his rebellion, to his pridefulness, if he now also wielded the power, the true power of God? That's a scary thing, right? It's a scary thing. I think it was the protection of the Lord to have prevented Simon from accessing the, the power of the Holy Spirit too soon. And so um, that, that's just my take on it. That's not biblical. I've, I've read you everything that's stated in the Bible. But, but just think about what would have happened to Simon what would have happened to the other people of Samaria had, had they seen Simon doing all of these wonders and, and usurping the power of God for himself? How many believers that, that are now in eternity, um, are, are, they're all in eternity, but are now in heaven, how many of those believers would not have been in heaven because Simon would have stolen their faith? Yeah. So I think that's one huge protection against the Holy Spirit being a thing that we wield, a, a power that we exert. He is not a tool to be used by us for our desires on our behalf. He is a person that we submit ourselves to under his authority and his leadership. Let's begin with, um, let's talk back about the, um, the three distinctive uh, keys of personhood. Um, knowledge, independent knowledge, feelings and emotions, and um, will, exercising your will, so decision-making. Let's talk first about decision-making and exercising your will. So let's flip first to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, and we'll talk about the context um, of this verse in a later video. I just want to point out the statement. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So um, that section is talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how he gives gifts to each believer um, by his own decision. And that is a distinctive characteristic of personhood of exercising his will. Flip back a couple of chapters to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. 
but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So here he has knowledge in addition to exercising his will in verse 12, deciding who gets what gifts. And now let's flip back to Romans chapter 8, verse 27. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So in this passage, the mind is ascribed to the Holy Spirit. And the Greek word used here, and I'm not going to say it because I know I will butcher it. I'm not very good at, um, uh, I'm not very good at, at saying those words. Um, but the Greek word translated mind is a comprehensive word, which includes the ideas of, of thought, feeling, and purpose. So when we say mind, we are really meaning the totality of decision-making, of, um, of considering, and then of acting upon that. So, um, so all of that paints a really comprehensive picture of the personhood of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and then lastly, let's flip over to Romans 15, verse 30. And it says, I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. So Paul is asking for the, um, the, the saints there in Rome to, to pray with him, but he references the love of the Holy Spirit as a reason for them to join him in prayer, not only by the, the calling of Jesus, but also by their love for the Holy Spirit to join with Paul in praying for him as he went through his struggles. So here we have love ascribed to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit loves them, they also love him. And just the same way, um, remember, God is love. That's in 1 John 4, 16. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Verse 17. In this way, love is made complete. So God is love, and the Holy Spirit is a, a, um, a component, just like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are all components of God, the triune God. God is love. The Holy Spirit is also God. So the Holy Spirit is love. We talked in the previous episode about the Holy Spirit also um being truth and being our counselor and being our teacher and, and guiding us and, and telling us what to do and pulling information out of us so that we can understand, so that we can choose wisely. And he does all of that because of his great love for us. Just like God the Father created all of creation and, and orchestrated everything that we see, orchestrated our paths and even um, called forth Jesus, his own son, to be the sacrificial lamb because that's what he knew we were going to need. 
So he, so God the Father is love. God the Son, Jesus, is also love because he chose to willingly submit himself to being a, a human, to, to, to being fully God in fully man form for 33 odd years on the earth and then to suffer on the cross, to suffer through death and burial and then resurrection so that he could provide himself as the sacrificial lamb which takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus, God the Son, is love and demonstrates that. What is the verse? He, he, uh, we love him because he first loved us. He demonstrated his own love in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Holy Spirit is no less fully God. He is no less fully love. He is no less what God the Father and God the Son offer us. Complete love, complete understanding, complete care, complete mercy, but also admonition, direction, guidance. These are the things that the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit walks with us step by step, speaking to us, being grieved by our decisions, by our hearts, by the, um, by the, the foolishness of our ways. But he walks with us along the entire journey until we reach the point that we submit our will to his and we become children of God. We become adopted into the kingdom. So the Holy Spirit's so important, and yet he is also so neglected. So many of our denominations in, in, Western, um, in Western Christianity don't even acknowledge him beyond the, the statement. They, they try to gloss over him as much as possible because they're ignorant. And I understand that because I was ignorant too for many, many years. And I've told you a little bit about that already in, in um, the first few episodes. I was ignorant of, of the Holy Spirit and of what he does and why he does what he does. But I was never, um, I never refused to acknowledge him as existing though. So that's an important piece. We have to acknowledge the Holy Spirit as present he, he exists all throughout Scripture, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, although we get more information about him in the New Testament. And so some people might use that as, a, um, as an excuse to, to write off the Holy Spirit because, um, well, if, if he's not evident in the Old Testament, then, then clearly he's, he's not evident except for the part where the Holy Spirit actually plays a bigger role in the Old Testament than Jesus does. We also have much more information about God the Son in the New Testament. So that is not a valid uh, excuse. It's not a valid argument against studying the Spirit, that he exists primarily in the New Testament. So does Jesus so the reality is, is that when we are ignorant, we have an obligation to learn, to grow. There's nothing wrong with being ignorant, but there is something wrong in being willfully ignorant, 
in refusing to learn, refusing to study, refusing to grow. Because all of our lives, everything we experience, everything we study, every book in the Bible, every every experience that we go through is all geared for one goal, to conform us more fully into the image of Jesus Christ. So when we're being willfully ignorant about anything, whether it's about the Holy Spirit specifically or about anything to do with God, when we are being willfully ignorant, we are walking in rebellion. And that is always, always a dangerous place to be with the Lord because he does not appreciate rebellion whatsoever. Whatsoever. So this channel is dedicated to helping you cease walking in willful ignorance and move from from ignorance to knowledge ignorance to experience. So I'm going to, in addition to books like this, The Person and Work of the Holy Spirit by R.A. Torrey, I'm also going to be bringing on other guest speakers, other um, other books, other um, podcasts that I listen to that I have already vetted, and, um, and we're going to discuss them. We're going to be interested in what the Holy Spirit is doing, not only in Scripture, but also today. Because he is still moving today, just as much as he moved, um, you know, 2,000 years ago, just as much as he moved during the Old Testament times, he is still moving today. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But he is also vast and multifaceted and incomprehensible in his totality. Like, we, we, can't, we, we can't understand the full picture of who God is. Because he's too, he's too big, he's too vast, he's too limitless, and we are very finite. So even though he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he also chooses to move differently in different seasons, in different eras, and through different people. And we're going to be studying all of that through the course of this, um, of this series. And so I hope that you'll stay with me. I really appreciate it if you would like this video, if you would subscribe to my channel, and if you would share it with others. Because I believe that if we can get a hold of who the Holy Spirit is, what he brings to us as believers, we can fall into better alignment, better obedience to his will, better surrender, and we can be that much more useful to him in accomplishing his purposes on this earth and in this generation. What is it that um, the author of Hebrews says of David? He accomplished, um, he accomplished God's purposes in his generation. Oh, I, I want that said about me. I want that said about you. Let's accomplish the purposes of the Lord in our generation. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I will see you in the next video. Thank you so much for joining with me as we learn about the Holy Spirit together. Remember, remember, if you have questions, you have stories, if you have things that you would like to share with me, or if you have uh, things that you would like discussed on here, to please let me know. Email me at Suzanne at BeCharityWise.com. And of course, that's in the comments below. Thank you so much.